Yeah, okay, so I was, I was just gonna say, Matteo, that, um... We, me and uh, Jill finally got me on uh, where we're watching through 30 Rock. Yes, 30 Rock is so good. <laughs> I know it took so, and I knew it was good, but it took a while to get into it, right? So I was just, I was just thinking about that when I was doing the thing of like when Will Arnett shows up and it's like, <laughs> you know, are you gonna have a contest, a contest for who can talk who like can this talk the like best? This. Or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like two men with deep voices compete for a CEO position in a, a large world. American company. Yes. In a world where Alec Baldwin keeps getting work. Not only because he's amazing. <laughs> in a world where Alec Baldwin gets uh roles playing the mirror image of himself. Um <laughs> so not only am I thrilled that you're watching Thirty Rock because it's a very funny program, um, but that was a very good cold <laughs> okay. open. Uh, well, you just ruined the magic there, Mario. It's... <laughs> we're weaving... We're... Come on. We're weaving seamlessly into... This is an experience for our listeners. It's like it's like they just dropped in and we were already having a conversation. They're like, oh, hey, what are these people talking about? We're going to, you know, eavesdrop on these strangers sitting at the corner of the bar there. Do you, Are uh, you familiar with the... Uh, the um, George Clinton... I'm not sure if it's Parliament or Funkadelic or P-Funk All-Stars, but... An album called One Nation Under a Groove? Uh, I think, I, I mean, it, I don't know, maybe. It it I'm starts not... it starts with basically this musical cold open. Somehow, just like the, the first hit of music, it's, it's not a hit. And Heidi just describes it as like, you're just walking down somewhere and like you open a door and like funk is already happening there. It's not like it fades that... in. It doesn't fade in. It's just like sud- oh. suddenly it, it happens. Is it like you you came in on like the upbeat or something like that? I'm not, you know, I haven't sat down and give it like a really close listen. It just it doesn't hit <laughs> with a really hard downbeat. It almost hits with like a soft downbeat that like slides right into a groove. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, you know, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not very familiar with uh, the the various. I don't know George Clinton over whatever French. Um, I'm not super familiar with the. I mean, obviously, you know, George Clinton. I mean, if you've heard funk music, you've heard George Clinton. But I, I couldn't name a lot of tracks. You don't, you don't have to. The, the TLDR version is this, and this is my understanding: is that he had two bands, Parliament and Funkadelic, and they were on different labels, and he just uh, mm-hmm. played the labels off each other to get really good deals. Huh. And then they toured huh. as P Funk or the P Funk All Stars. Sound. Hmm. That sounds kind of Trumpian. Sounds kind except, of no. It sounds kind of except, brilliant. Except successful, yes. um, well, or real, and, oh, and we're mind. recording Sorry. this on January nineteenth, twenty seventeen, and we're all drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah, here and, drinking oh, silently yeah. as you two bicker. Yeah, and hey, Francis. <laughs> what are you kids up to? How'd you get into my whiskey cabinet? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for raiding your cabinet, but I do. You got some good stuff there. Matteo, you're, how are you enjoying? I gave, I might have given Matteo some whiskey. So I wanted to check in on that. Whiskey. Um, it's really delicious. You gave me some really delicious whiskey. It's sort of like, do you remember, do you remember drinking beer in high school? <laughs> when like, and what I mean specifically is like what beer was like in like the, the late 90s or early 2000s when like microbrews hadn't taken over the country and well, like good beer was s- like Sam Adams or Heineken. Well, I want to back. I want to stop you for just a second because uh, I think I drank like half a Bud Light in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until my freshman year in college that I started to get in, in serious trouble. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> go on. I, I still know what you mean. You know what I mean? When like back back when like there was not ubiquitous good beer. Yeah, I mean it was kind of I don't know. Uh, you're only like two years older than me, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like by the time I got to college, that was like already a thing. Huh. There was less of it. Like we were less, less overwhelmed with choice, but there was, there was already a lot of good stuff. And yet, and yet. I didn't um, like, I didn't know what an IPA was until I was like 27. Damn. Wow. Mm. I, I even beat you there. I mean, working <laughs> in bike shops, they we, were like, yeah. you drink this. And I was like, I drink this, you say. And at first I was in... like, do not like. And then after a while I was like, like, like. Yeah. And now that's yeah. all I drink pretty much. That and whiskey. And yeah. the souls of my enemies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you got to you got to mix in some souls 
every now and yeah, then. Yeah, it's for, f- for crushed health. souls. For health. For me, Ground like my under your feet, Greg. When you gave me this nice whiskey, my whole paradigm was changed from like Sam Adams is good beer to like there's this whole world of good taste, right? So it was the same kind of oh. shift. Like I'd had, you know, I I, I like a, a bottle of Bullet every now and then, <laughs> not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you gave me some really nice stuff, and I sit down and I taste it, and it's got all these like flavors and this like oh, softness on the palate that's just. <clears throat> I'm actually for the whiskey for the whiskey people. I'm I'm actually gonna drop something that might be a little bit controversial. Um, I don't have anything against Bullet, but I think it's I think that uh, value for money is not good hmm. with Bullet. I definitely think great. What, what else should I buy with my money? Because I I believe we've talked about this on the show before. In that, for the cost of Bullet, I know I like it, and I'm too afraid to spend that money on something else in case mm-hmm. I don't like it. This is my for is a my very dilemma. similar price. For a very similar price, some things I like. <laughs> All right, everybody, get out your pen and pencil. I'm not much of a I'm not much of a whiskey guy, but I can tell you this: for around the same price of uh, uh, bourbon, bullet bourbon, or even a little bit cheaper, you can typically get. Uh, I like Four Roses Small Batch, mm-hmm. right? Not your not your like standard Four Roses. I found a bottle of that in San Francisco once. Yes, that's that is good stuff. In a pizza place, um, nope, taco place. Eat, I I also am a big fan of Eagle Rare. Eagle um, Rare is good. That is if. Eagle Rare is very, very good. And my favorite, which is probably a tiny bit more than that, is what I gave Mattia, which is Woodford Reserve, which is still a sub-$40 uh, 750-milliliter bottle. Of All right. But it's, like, pretty friggin' incredible. It is really good. It is It is probably my favorite. Uh, I mean, Eagle Rare is up there, too, mm-hmm. but it is probably my favorite in that kind of collection I've named. Cool. All right, Woodford Reserve. Anyway. I will purchase a bottle. I love yeah, how whiskey names all okay. sound like, I don't know, like file folders of designs in a tattoo shop. <laughs> Four Roses, Eagle Rare, Woodford Reserve. It's all mustaches. Yeah. Well, uh, Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Yep. Wild Turkey. <laughs> you, I, I mean, actually, I, can, I have a picture of the Wild Turkey just like in a tattoo binder just in my head right now. It's like a turkey, but it's like all bug-eyed and it's like feathers are standing on end. <laughs> And it's got, and it's like, it's like flexing, like it's going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> this turkey is like, get off my lawn! Yeah. Or, or something. Turkey's like, I'm going to make you <laughs> feel funny. <laughs> well, I say, I say, I say. <laughs> I say, That's I say, I'm going to get my feathers all up in this bottle, and I say, you're going to fall down. You know, I should, I should say... So I, I I'm currently drinking my last dregs of Woodford Reserve actually, but um, to tell and because I guess I don't know because it's January nineteenth because we're recording this show and we're generally fueled by just silliness and occasionally bourbon. Uh, I, I did something I don't usually do and I have like replacement whiskey up here in case I run out of this glass, which I probably will. And I have an entire bottle of Bullet Rye sitting. Of, of yes. emergency whiskey. <laughs> emergency whiskey so oh yeah by the way in terms of like value for money bullet rye is like much better as far as i'm concerned than regular bullet you know when like, it comes to rye, rye awesome. i've always liked um i've always thought that old overholt is a is a really great value it's so cheap but it's palatable i mean it's got a certain level of fire water kind of quality to it mm-hmm. no value for money is far. it's okay so this is like not a bourbon and not like rye rye but when it comes to value for money, man, Canadian Club. That's your mixing whiskey. Wasn't that a character As... in uh, that Steve Buscemi TV show? Oh, I don't know. Wasn't Steve Buscemi a character in that Steve Buscemi TV show? Couldn't tell you. He did a good. He did a good guest turn on uh, Thirty Rock. He did. He did. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. So hey, uh, I got some stuff I want to talk about with you guys. Uh yeah yeah let her rip. All right, so I think you, you guys both know that I work in the field of public health. Um, I was just like, I was pulling over some interesting stuff about cycling. Oh, uh, this is the Honest Bike Program. We got Greg, we got Francis, I'm Matteo, right? <laughs> oh, that's true. Just, et yeah. cetera, just going to get that one out of the way. In case you were wondering, yeah, it, like what like Honest Bourbon <laughs> What did podcast? I click on? the yes, Honest Bourbon exactly. podcast. We've switched. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to, it's all bourbon all the time. <laughs> all right, sorry. Go on, go on, Matteo. All right, so apparently, uh, avid cyclists have a forty-five percent lower risk of cancer than the general population. 
uh, almost a, a 20% lower risk of heart disease in the general population and like uh, an almost 30% lower risk of early death than the general population. So like we know that cycling is healthy, right? But uh, these numbers came across my screen. I was intrigued by that. Right. Yeah, that's really well. I'm glad to hear that as as an avid cyclist. Um, and then there's this thing that like happens when you turn racing age thirty several. Um, <clears throat> uh, God, do you guys have life insurance? No, uh, I'm not sure. I might. Uh, I don't know. I don't. If so, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. But there are all these things that like I realize. So it's kind of like. Being a, you know, a millennial on the slightly older side of things, like having, uh, you know, tried to have a career through the like early, early, like or the late 2000 aughts when the economy was terrible. And like everybody that I knew who had a good college education, but not much work experience, basically there were, there were no jobs for people like us, right? Like there are things that I get started on late, you know, like I don't own a home. Uh, my retirement count hasn't been like getting added to for a decade by my age and I don't have life insurance but and here's where I'm going with this uh, a company called Health IQ sponsors uh, the Wide Angle Podium Network and the Honest Bicycle Program um, Health IQ provides uh, special rates on life insurance to cyclists because of our active and health conscious lifestyle so alright listeners you're realizing that this was like one big infomercial um, and I didn't mean to like mislead you or like slide you into it or try and pretend that this is something else. Um, but this is a really cool company. I think uh, you should you should check them out. So yes, they're supporting our podcast, they're supporting the network. Um, but they're really cool. They're using some of the like big data that can lead to information like what I said earlier about how avid cyclists have a, a 45% lower cancer risk than the general population. Uh, they can use that kind of data to get lower rates uh, on life insurance for people who live uh, active lifestyles. So if that's you, uh, then check them out. Go to healthiq.com slash honestbicycle, um, which is one of those special URLs so that uh, so that they know that you are listening to our podcast, um, and you can get a free quote. Um, yeah, oh, and go and, 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 and seriously go and check it out. Like, it's not going to cost you anything to get a free quote, um, and it'll really help us out. You know, they were really uh, kind enough to re-up the sponsorship with us. Um, you know, they'd really like to see... Uh, where people are coming from, and so even even if you think oh, I've got no intention of buying life insurance, I'm going to take my chances, you know, like whatever. Uh, just just go there and 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 check it out, and you know, probably you know you're going to stick to your guns and you're not going to buy buy health insurance. On the other hand, maybe we like or health insurance, life insurance, but uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, who knows? Who knows? You know, maybe maybe you'll have a change of heart. But but whether or not you do, you know, head over to LFIQ dot com slash honest bicycle uh, it'll really help us out they'll know that you're coming from us uh that you heard about them on the show and and that'll make them want to keep sponsoring which uh really helps us out and i gotta say like i'm i'm sliding through uh some of their web information and like it's it's really cool they they hit a bunch of stuff that like i kind of geek out about in my professional life like sort of well communicated data and like an easy to use website and like clear messages you know so the fact that they're you know not only are they are they sort of providing like sort of preferential services to, to people with an active lifestyle, but they're also just making information easier to understand and the whole process easier to manage, um, and that's that's so important. So check it out, yeah. healthiq.com/honestbicycle. And they've got like quizzes and stuff you can do. Like it's an interactive experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's stuff. You know, stuff is happening. Do you remember? Right. Do you remember when every website like had games on it? You know, like you go to some, like yep. in the nineties, you go to like you Pepsi's mean like website, Punch the Monkey, and there's like Pepsi's like own custom version of like Pong or like find the Pepsi in the playing field. You know, yep. crap like that. Yep. Well, because no one knew how, no one knew what a website was for. They just knew they had to have one. They had to have one, and they wanted like people to like go there and have fun on it. I guess. I don't even remember like with with I mean honestly with like these big kind of uh, consumer brands like Pepsi and Coca Cola and whatever like I don't even know like I've never been to these websites like what what do they even I, I don't know it I, was the age of really, the age of the flash game it was like oh we can stick a game on our website yeah let's do that let's flash game it up because almost no one was using a laptop so no one was like oh crap this is running my battery down to nothing yep, exactly. 
those were the good old days. And things would get real hot, real, real hot and toasty, your computer, but people were okay with that. And, and you know, speaking of speaking of hot and toasty, um, <laughs> I think I think we were going to talk about about uh, winter bike stuff. You know what? Tonight. I saw some winter bike stuff just last week. Oh, are you referring to the United States USA Cycling National Championship of Cyclocross? Oh my god. I am. And you, that? And, and Francis, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> it was nice to meet you too, <laughs> you, uh I guess this is our current events section right now because... Uh, that's sort of the most current event, right? Do you guys CX, want? Do you guys CX want to talk fans. about like, like, like brief? So on our last program, listeners, you may recall that we uh, ran through some um, combination of safe and bold predictions for uh, for the race, the races. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have like key takeaways? What was your like? What was your sort of main reaction coming out of a a pretty, I think, incredible cyclocross national championships? Mm, mm. I think the word for, well, all of those races, those, you know, elite kind of, I guess, U23 and elite races, uh, the word that comes to mind is baller. Uh, <laughs> baller. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I, I don't know. I, I uh, At that, I'm not sure we realized it, uh, as we were making predictions like a week beforehand, kind of just how rugged the conditions were going to yeah, be. Yeah, they were pretty uh, crazy. It, it, yeah, because it did, as it turned out, there was a major snowstorm like the night before, um, which was somewhat disruptive. <laughs> because I know that Matteo, for example, made an unplanned stop in New Jersey <laughs> on the, on the way, way up. up. Yeah, so and there was the, a lot of snow. And the snow covered up the, some of the frozen ruts that were... That were out there. Well, right, yeah. So, so this it was a week of. This is kind of where um, I don't know. People com- complain a little bit about. Well, I don't know that they do. There's a lot of commentary anyway about the fact that this is we're the like the only cyclocross nation that has about a gazillion amateurs riding the course before the pros do, um, and kind of like I don't know. Uh, depending on how you feel about it, you either kind of um, breaking it in or burning it up um, or ruining it, depending on your perspective. Uh, but yeah, so it was. It went from super rainy and muddy, and just tons of uh, mud and ruts, and then it got cold, and the, and the ruts froze, and then eight inches of snow fell and covered all the ruts. Yeah, it was insane. Um, yeah, it was. It was very, very crazy, and it was probably difficult to appreciate if you were watching the live stream or looking at photos. Like it was, like just just the start finish straight looked extremely treacherous during the first half of the day not like, on, really scary not only that but you know corners that looked pedestrian I, I was standing 15 feet away from the corner right before the the second entrance to the pit oh yeah and i was watching i was watching the riders take the, you know these lines to their corner i was thinking like those are like weird lines like what is everybody doing here um, yeah, why are they not apexing this corner? Why are they not at the tape? And I took like three steps closer and saw these like death ruts. Oh right yeah, at the it was full of fucking death ruts. Death ruts. <laughs> yeah, and so and so everyone's riding through this, and and of course there's this section um, through the woods with sort of this kind of off camber uphill right hander and a hairpin, and then sort of it's kind of down uh and and back around and and all of that was all rutted out and frozen and covered in snow and it's just where is the line uh you know where can you ride without your wheel getting grabbed by some hidden evil monster and in, in pulling you down and of course in it, when you do come to come down it's gonna hurt because the ground is frozen um because it's gotten it got pretty tracked out pretty quickly like it wasn't like you were riding through fluff right it's it's been tracked out over the course of yeah. the, the races yeah so it was very 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 difficult course conditions um so yeah i don't know um so maddie you picked jeremy powers for the elite men's race no i did not i picked I, I picked jeremy powers oh oh you did francis yep. well i mean yeah you know, it went how it went. Um, but you know, I, I gotta I gotta stay loyal 
to I guess the yeah. uh, the original local that brought me up on my on my cross original cross team on Jam. You know, mm-hmm. gotta mm-hmm. gotta keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hyde I guess is part of that family. Down Hyde too, is also in the Jam fam. He, he is the Jam fan, but I guess like for me, Powers is the original. Right. Yeah. And he'll be he'll be back. Um, it was it's, so it's difficult to tell. Everyone fell down. Yes, scores, many many people fell down. I do not think. Uh, so maybe Jonathan Page had a clean race. Um, mm, but... No, nope, song crash. Song crash. All right, there you go. <laughs> Driscoll also fell down at some point. Uh, he was second place. Uh, Hyde fell down four different times. At least. Stephen Hyde has apparently never ridden on ice before. <laughs> really? So, so everyone, anyone who is criticizing him for making a bunch of mistakes, that is apparently the first time he's ridden on ice like that. That's impressive. Uh, like, for real. I don't want, I, this is. It's hard to call. This is what it said in Velo News. Who knows what? I mean, those people are. I don't know. They're on dope out there in Colorado. But like, it, it could be. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say that Stephen Hyde made mistakes because he won i think it was the kind of conditions where like there's sort of two things that can happen you know one is that like in all of the chaos like who knows who could win and i think we kind of saw that in like the u23 men's race where like there was just like people were crashing all over the place and the lead was like changing like every lap there was a new leader right and someone was chasing like 10 seconds behind yeah so that's one possibility and then the other possibility is people who um are like so good and so pro really rise to the top in conditions like that. And we saw, I mean, Katie Compton probably crashed too, but she rode uh, just a, a flawless dominant race. Um, and Stephen Hyde too, you know, like he had a really bad first quarter of a lap, um, stayed calm, worked his way up on lap, like what three took off mm-hmm. and raced the course and not his competitors and, and totally did it, you know? Yeah. And that was, I think that was just another one of those examples of uh, someone who's superlative really, uh, really conquering conditions that, uh, that, that stumble their, uh, their adversaries. I mean, it's that definitely true, but I mean, like, there's also a bit of, um, I hate to say it, but luck that goes into that as well. Cause I mean, like, Hyde almost lost the national championships and, in the last pro feature <laughs> when he was riding a front flat slipped out ripped off his derailleur and luckily the last feature he had to ride was to run up a hill and then he was able to coast down and across the finish line um with enough enough space between him and jamie driscoll that he was able to keep the title but you know it's like you know given another lap you know that wouldn't have been his day yeah, yeah that was pretty sure. epic because literally Every single camera missed his crash and the derailleur coming off, uh, except for the Slow Ride podcast. And and Caught. and you can see two two dudes in red jackets right right on the camera. That's true. And that's, two dudes in red jackets going, Greg. "Oh damn!" That's awesome. Because <laughs> we were like, "Oh, he just crashed." Uh, yeah, the said video may have been shamelessly ripped off by a certain cycling publication. Um, they've since apologized, so we won't even name them. But, uh, yeah, don't do not do that. Come on. Come on. Um, just because it's on social media doesn't mean, like, it's, take it. It's that. free. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> information, information wants to be free. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, okay, that pro run-up kind of then down chicane thing uh right at the finish was awesome awesome to hang out at and watch and it was the kind of feature that it wasn't just in the whole course too it wasn't just like apply maximum watts right it wasn't like well if you can do uh 1200 watts you're gonna get up this and if you can't you won't it was it was totally a skill game and I was one of the, I don't know, 100 people on that hillside who lost his damn mind when, uh, I think it was Arlie Kemmerer, totally wrote it. <laughs> it's and awesome. I almost had, oh, 
almost had a heart attack and died from sheer dope-ass ballerness. I was like, oh my god, Arlay! <laughs> uh, very impressed. Uh, kind of was fanning myself in the cold, cold air. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I could barely, yeah. barely keep it together. So that, that was totally awesome. Partially because, you know, she was racing with this, like, super intense game face. And the crowd, uh, yeah. the crowd went bonkers when she wrote it late in the race, lap after lap, yeah. right? So it's not just, like, when you're fresh and alone, right? She was, <laughs> yeah. like, tired and, and wrote it. Oh, yeah. When I remember this happening, it was, like, last lap. It yeah. was, like, damn. Like, and she and she had her, she was, what, fifth or something? I don't know. Yeah. Something, somewhere in the top, I think fifth, and she had it locked up, and she could have just been, like, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'm tired. I'll, uh, I'll run it. Nope. She was like, I am riding this thing. And she yeah. did. And we all lost our shit. And yeah, so so the, the <laughs> crowd goes nuts. And like, she totally cracks a smile too. And that's just like a, a beautiful <laughs> moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I actually, I, every now and then, you know, like, like I'm a, I'm a fan of bike racing and I'm a fan of bike racers. And so... When I don't know people or I only know them, like, as a fan, it's always, like, funny to meet people at a party. A party. And I met Arlie at a party. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I was one of those people, like, totally losing their shit when you, like, rode that last feature there in the cars. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. NBD. That's a great, that's, a, what a nice way to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, 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 you've heard my voice. Everybody likes to be known, right? Well, we hope. <laughs> Not everybody, but... <laughs> But it was cool. That was that sure. was definitely watching that, watching her do that was like yeah, absolutely one of the highlights. Yeah, there seem to be some complaints on. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm talking a lot. Uh, there seem to be some complaints maybe during the race or whatever on Twitter about how it wasn't very exciting or whatever. But let me assure you, let me assure you, on the ground anyway. I mean, it was easily. It was the most fun cross race I've been to. It was also and very cold. Maybe the most cold cross <laughs> it was race. Very cold. Um, it was seriously up there with Worlds in Louisville. Not kidding. It was pretty. It was. It was exciting. Sorry, I, I wish I had been so, able to see more of the course in the men's race, but I was uh, in the pit pitting for Jeremy Duran, um, which was exciting but very cold. Yeah. So how did that? How did that go? I'm curious about your experience in the pit for JD. Does anybody call him JD? I just called him JD. I've been drinking. <laughs> I think you're the first. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should get that started though. <laughs> Duran. Oh, Duran. Did I have I even mentioned I, I was I went to UMass with Duran. Um, we we were both at the bike co-op there. He was the uh, he was the I don't know business manager or whatever. Back in the day, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Nice. Yeah, back in the day, back in the day, and Jeremy Duran. I'm sorry, we'll get back to what people were saying, what you guys uh, Francis was saying, but Jeremy Duran was like. I'm totally gonna win bat and kill, and I laughed. And he was like, "I'm totally gonna go be a pro bike racer." And I was like, oh, "You're so ridiculous, Duran. What a nerd! What a nerd you are!" And then he totally did it. It was like, "Okay." Yeah, he, he did it pretty <laughs> like, hard too. Yeah, yeah, he knew what he wanted. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How'd that go in the pit? Um, I mean, like it was it was good. It wasn't very exciting. I mean, he never actually came into the pit, so I didn't actually get to do anything. But I mean, that yeah, that's exactly what you want. You want no mishaps. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a pretty, actually, a cool place to watch because you got to see people going up on Bonk Breaker Hill, um, coming down, and then kind of coming through the woods and then coming by the pit again. So, yeah, it, w- it was a good spectating spot for sure. I mean, it would have been nice to uh, to walk around the course, but, you know, it was nice to um, be able to go down there and help out one of my friends. So that's great that, yeah. that, uh, that Jeremy didn't have to pit. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, it, on a course like that, I mean, um, we were getting his bikes ready, and he, he wanted to have three bikes just in case, you know, total catastrophe happened, and he needed, yeah. he needed to run back to the uh, to the car and get a third bike for him, <laughs> um, which, thankfully, we did not need to do. But, um, you know, it was a course where, you know, you had to consider every option, because, I mean, you, you could definitely break two bikes on that course. Yeah, I mean, and if it was a little bit warmer... You could have people pitting every half lap. Oh, easily. I mean, it could have been a complete slop fest. We could have been yeah. working really hard instead of just standing around yeah. stamping our feet. It could have been. It could yeah. have been still like below freezing, but so disgusting. Yep, yep. It was funny because um, yeah. I did a Masters Nationals this year for the first time. Oh, <laughs> woe is me! I'm a yeah. master now. <laughs> um, 
And so I, uh, being, you know, pretty close to the venue, I drove down on uh, Wednesday, the day before my race, when it was warmer, and it was just a total, absolute muddy slop fest. And uh, I did a lap, but I actually, I really enjoy riding in mud, so I had a good time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then regretted every second of that in the four hours it took to, like, clean and detail my bike that night, (laughs) because my (laughs) Uh race was at 8 a.m., and so I was looking at, like, a 4 a.m. wake up. Um, that was, that was the bullet I dodged by not doing that's like I originally Oh God. I mean, like it was almost, I shouldn't have even pre-rode because the conditions were so different. It was so cold the next day. It was in the twenties and all of those frozen ruts, not frozen, all those ruts had become frozen ruts and they put in this off camber, like ice section that they didn't even have for the elites. And we had to ride that, which was stupid. Um, and yeah. Ride or stumble? stumble? I definitely fell backwards and hit my head at one point, which was not awesome. Oh. Um, but yeah, it was just, I mean, it was one of those crazy things where conditions were just so variable and they were changing every day. And, you know, USAC is taking out pieces of the course and putting in other pieces of the course, which I'm not so cool with. But that's for maybe another discussion. Um Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it just made for like, even for all the amateurs, it made for a total insanity festival. And like people are racing in blizzards, and people are racing in mud, and um, you got like a different condition every day. And I think people were kind of wondering like, man, what is the elite race going to be like? Yeah, wow, man. I think, and, and this this sounds like it could be a conversation, but I think I wasn't there the whole week, but it seemed that, you know, the USAC was adapting the course to the conditions. Yeah, and I mean, like, they, they did a pretty good job. I mean, you know, not to totally bash on USAC, but, I mean, part of the problem is that they made a very long lap to begin with, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, part of the problem with that, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here from Colin Reuter, um, results boy, at results boy, is... Um, <laughs> like he needs more free press. <laughs> I mean, he is my coworker as well, so may as well give him a plug. I guess that's true. Um, so the problem with having all right, Colin, this one, this one's free. Yep, this one's free. <laughs> <laughs> um, the problem with having a long lap is that it kind of messes up the order and and the way that the the timing, the timeline for the races for the day, because you got a long lap, and so someone's finishing on like the later, the winners are finishing on the later end of the time you have allotted them. And then people are still on the course and you're trying to set up for the next race and people haven't finished and you're pulling people early. And then you have to account for conditions and so on an already long lap on those muddy days, it made for people having two lap races. I mean, yeah, they were, they were people who were doing 16 minute laps, which is, which is insane. And I mean, so that's kind of the, and I mean, the winners. No, yeah, I I know, which is insane. It's, it's just like, that's not, you know, we do enough cross races here in the United States that like, you know, most promoters <laughs> have it pretty dialed. I mean, you go to any UCI cross race and, you know, you're gonna encounter about the same lap times, even accounting for conditions. You know, people account for that stuff when, when they, when they make the course. And I know the conditions were incredibly variable, but it's like, don't start with a really long course. It was one of the longest courses I think created that year. It's like, you know, I, setting I, yourself I up for disaster. The and it was something like three and a half kilometers or something like <laughs> pretty freaking long. Yeah. So basically that's actually pushing the limit of the UCI limit. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they the set themselves, the well, well put, Greg. they set themselves up to, for, not for failure, but they set themselves up kind of for disaster in that they spent the entire weekend, like pulling pieces out and putting pieces in. And as such, you know, mm-hmm. when we got to the line at 8 a.m., you know, we'd been pre-riding since 7 a.m., and they were like, surprise, we added in the section of course. And we were like, awesome. Uh, oh, we added in a, <laughs> the most dangerous section of course, and none of you have touched it. It's like, sweet. Yeah, what was, was that the section following Bonk Breaker Hill? Yeah, but it wasn't in the elite race. It was the, the stuff yeah. that was taped off even further past Bonk Breaker Hill that they pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. Because people yeah. well, that in was the, the snow the day before couldn't even ride it. I'm talking the, the elites. It was just like, because we went down and uh, um, did some practice pitting for Duran and stood in the blizzard. And he'd come around and be like, yeah, I, you, you can't even do anything with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and th- this is like people were, 
people were choosing to slide down on their butts. Um, like, deliberately, you know, like, on en masse. Like, it wasn't like the, uh, you know, everyone, well, maybe not everyone. But there's the famous uh, Wassell slide video. It is quite famous. Uh, where, quite famous. Yes, quite famous, where, where um, Mike Wassell, um, who has been a guest on the podcast in the past, uh, slid down a hill at Bay State on his butt because his brakes stopped working. <laughs> here, here, people were literally doing it because not because their brakes had failed, but because they it just felt like they couldn't, they didn't feel safe um, trying to control their speed going down on their bike. Uh, so, you know, and and we're talking like. Um, People who are solid cross racers doing this, you know, just to be clear, just like in like the 45 plus man elite or something like that. Um, and maybe this was earlier in the week. Maybe this was like the non championship race, but right. Like Adam Meyerson and like the two other guys on the podium, you know, rode down and then like behind them, you've got fast masters dudes who are like sliding down on their butts. <laughs> on purpose it's it just like with the occasional person riding it but it was it was crazy like it was really like uh when that's happening that's like hmm, <laughs> maybe this is a bit a bit uh too much there was also so, even the even the section makes for great that, video though even the section that was left in for sunday's races so that so people went like up bonk breaker hill and then did a little like off camber sort of turnaround and then kind of plummeted downhill i mean that levee was steep and it was people quite were gaining steep mm-hmm. a ton of speed and this wasn't obvious you know i, I looked I, I rewatched the the broadcast um because what's more fun than watching tv when you already saw it in person but like people were coming down this hill and and right where it flattened out like i heard people bottoming out their 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 yeah. tires they're onto their rim there and not even like oh, yeah well, you'd stand at the bottom and you'd hear you'd hear like yeah that was like it, it's not always easy when you're watching cycling to realize like how fast or how in control or how exciting something is i think it kind of takes like a slightly trained eye to to realize what's going on and to realize like the sort of body and bike language of of bike racers and I think that you, it, if you didn't hear that, and you know, like I stand, I stood there and I like watched people bottom out, you know. Yeah. I I could well, I could have been totally misled about how fast and terrifying that drop off was. There's there's a tire pressure uh, element to this. Uh, it, it should be noted. Um, noted. Uh, friend, we're going to say friend of the show, Ellen Noble. Can we also say a guest of, the, of podcast GOP? Ellen Noble. Guest of, yep. Yes. Ellen, Ellen Noble. housemate of Francis Morrison. <laughs> Housemate, yes, housemate of the podcast. Ellen, did uh, we like you? Con- uh, yeah, consummate, dog consummate dog lover. Consummate dog lover. Anyway, to get to the point, was apparently racing on uh, 12 PSI. That's awesome. 12. 12. 12. She, she is a, uh, so she's that, a light that person. A, well, I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Ellen's lighter than me, but not by, like, a lot, you know? She's probably, like... 15 pounds lighter than i am so i don't know that's just a we're not gonna we're not gonna speculate too closely about (laughs) ellen noble's weight she is smaller than i am and i'm a small person and and she is like a small person as well uh but that is still crazy and i think even people who are running kind of in the more normal range of low tire pressure were running pretty low pressure but that just also tells you the conditions were like you know, and it's still fast enough. Like, yeah, you're gonna bottom out those cross tires. Yep. But yeah, I I mostly wanted to sneak that in that Ellen Noble was riding on 12 pounds per square. Yep, pretty crazy. <laughs> because I don't even understand. Like when I tell some people what pressures I typically run, they go, "You're crazy," um, which it turns out is crazy because I flatted a bunch this season before I broke myself. But I think um, that I think that some people just haven't really experimented with like a wide range of tire pressure. And I, I, I've been at the starting line where people are like, "Oh, this is a fast race. I put in 55 psi." <laughs> um, Wait, at a cross race? Yeah, I'm serious. 55 well, psi. This, this must have been. This was in Minnesota. Is this car right? racing? <laughs> that sounds like that doesn't sound like new england tire pressure no it's certainly not but i but and i but i also think that like 
you know, I, I know people who like talk a lot about, you know, all the sort of one and a half pound increments between, you know, 35 and 45. But I'm like, oh, yeah. But like, that, I, my, my starting point is 20, and I usually go down from there. Dad, I just... The one and a half pound increments between... Thir- I'm sorry, I can't even... I, like, I can't handle that. Like, maybe if you're on clinchers, but... I, uh, sorry, my brain hurts right now. That's bonkers. I just, I think that some people are afraid I'm not of trying to be like a tire pressure. And don't, uh, don't read a lot of Twitter about tire pressure. Oh, I, well, probably for the better, honestly. <laughs> try, I, I don't want to be like a tire pressure elitist, but, um, look, uh, unless you're like 200 pounds plus, uh, 35 is too high. Well, it, or it's like super pointy rocks. Yeah. Maybe 200 is pushing it too high. 180, you know, if you're, I don't know, whatever. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. If you're having fun, it's okay. But if you think it's a little bouncy out there, consider consider experimenting a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. Huh, no, I've got lots more to say, but we're going to, you know, it's fine. Uh, look, um, we were talking a little bit about the cold, but we were also gonna. I, I think we should. I think there's um, something we should mention at nationals. Uh, we didn't get to hang out a lot because there's just a lot going on, and uh, you know it's it's difficult. But we, we did hang out a bit. We we met up. It was great. Uh, Francis, you were sporting some uh, some sunglasses. Hell yeah! Some sick shades. Hell yeah, I was. Some yeah, and these uh, these sunglasses are apparently now available for purchase they are they are as of tuesday this past tuesday evening which was january 17th they are officially uh live online uh and you can buy them for money for real money at 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 At, uh, www.blindersoptics.com that's right they are called blinders like the things on the side of your head where you can't see in your peripherals blinders (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome however they do not come with blinders no they well they they do they say right. blinders but they don't they're not actual blinders oh right yes but the blinders are the sunglasses that is to say they are they're so awesome that you won't be able to see the person wearing them because you'll be so dazzled by the dope ass shades they're exactly wearing. so, so they're here's, dope. here's what i love about blinders these are like a very classic style they've got wooden arms and a sort of like kind of ray-ban outline but both the the frames and the lenses have a bunch of really awesome colors that just add like a pretty like excellent excellent bit of pizzazz to a classic look yeah it's like it's like pow it is like a punch in the mouth but with a, style a good a good face. punch in the mouth and like i That's wanted i wanted to do this thing where i was like and listeners i'm ordering a pair right now as a paypal but like I can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, all the lenses are polarized, so that makes the decision even harder because it's not like you're deciding between like, oh, do I get the polarized lenses or the not? I mean, like, decision made for you. They're all polarized. Like, should and I... they're polarized at a ridiculously low price too, by the way. I don't even know how this works. That's pretty great. Yeah, so like, these are these are seriously, go to blindersoptics.com and check them out because they're really cool. Yes, Yes, it's uh, uh, Francis's thing. It it um, is my thing. You know. Yep. Should we Spoiler. Spoiler. get the white frames with the green lenses? Yeah, I mean, like the white frames are actually pretty popular. I think the white and the clear frames are the most popular. Yeah. That and the teal. People seem to really like the teal. The teal yeah, has sense. appeal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> high five! Um, and then and then I'm internet doing the thing five. Where I pretend to high five. <laughs> And then don't actually high five, and you feel really bad. No, <laughs> um, yeah. So congrats on your new company, Francis. Thank you, thank you, um, thank you. And Greg, I, you you did order. Hope. Thank you for your patronage, and thank you yes, anyone else welcome. who also patronizes. You will look super cool, I promise you. And if you do happen to buy some sunglasses, um, go ahead and tag them at uh, at Blinders Optics. That's the uh, Instagram and the Twitter handle. I'd love to see you rocking them. Yeah, I want to be clear that I I paid Francis and her boyfriend Trevor actual money for these sunglasses. Not monopoly not just like money. Ones. <laughs> not monopoly money. This is not a paid ad. We're not getting any money from this. I mean, except I, I, guess I mean, I'll Francis, I'll get money know, for it if, if you buy sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is fine. That's cool. And I I got them because I like these. I was like, these look sick. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like 
well, my friend got a, made a thing, so I feel obligated to buy some. I was like, actually, these look pretty sweet. I'll, uh, you know, I'm willing to, to support this. So, yeah, go check it out. Bladdersoptics.com. Yeah. I'm, I'm ordering a pair right now. Yes. Awesome. So you're gonna so you're gonna go with the white. I, I honestly thought the white were so sick, but I I was like I I was like I didn't think that I had the style to pull it off. <laughs> well, well, maybe when you see Matteo in them, you'll be you like, oh, I need these lenses. Now. Then you do. Uh, I think Matteo can do. I I don't know. Uh, listeners might not be aware of this. Um, Matteo has more style than I do. Matt, actually, let's be perfectly clear. Matteo is way cooler than me. <laughs> no, he's I probably am, cooler than am, me too. Am, <laughs> no. I am I am deeply honored that Matteo is friends with me. No. <laughs> you guys, you're going to make me blush. You're being stupid. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you guys are great. So, uh, it's, uh, it's oh, the feeling is mutual. Um, uh, this is just going to turn into, like, a big love-in. <laughs> and all the listeners are going to be, like, barf, barf, yep, barf. There's going to be barf all over everyone's floor, car. What have you? Shower people wherever just, you listen to people podcasts. Are like, people are like, yeah, take their iPhones out of their pockets and just like barf on. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, this is so gross. They all like each other. <laughs> real radio, real entertainment requires conflict. Uh, hate this. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what. I don't know. It's winter. Do we want to? Is there anything that we want to talk about for winter? Really? Do we want to do a whole episode on that later? Winter is not winter yeah, in New England. Yay, boo. It is not very wintry right no, now. No, boo. It's been like 40 degrees mostly. There was like a week where like three days were the 20s and that was pretty cold. Yeah, and I, I need like real winter. I need to like, I don't know, re- reset. I'm like some sort of weird human clock. No, I know. It feels very, it feels very strange. I mean, I would be kind of loving it if I were riding my bike right now. But I'm not, so it's just taunting. Exactly, me. exactly. It's just this like, is like good base weather, like, but I'm like, but I want winter, not base weather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, for me, right now, it's like the weather's going like, you could be riding your bike right now and it feels so good, but your hip is jacked up, so you're not. And I'm just like, oh, damn you. Like, if it were like 15 degrees, I'd be like, well, no one else is riding outside. It is tough. I, I spending you know the past six years in Minnesota, I have noticed that when we have a mild winter, the early races are like take no prisoners races. Makes sense. Everyone gets out fast. for uh, for some training. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's. Uh, it was a mild winter last year too, and I think that was why. Like I was like in your, you know the first part of 2016, I was like, oh, I'm so fast. This is so great, and then everyone was like even faster yep. <laughs> i was like no <laughs> and then i yeah well I, we've talked enough about my 2016 we don't really need to go into more detail about your, it your 2016 uh, is dead long live 2017 uh, long live yes long live 2017 it'll be fine i'm actually i'm actually speaking of my various hip issues that no one really wants to hear about um I, I just I just got a new job so it's i've like changed health insurance providers and it's it's making this whole thing like needlessly and annoyingly complicated where i was seeing people and doing things and making appointments and it's like on hiatus while we make sure everything is all set to go with a new thing and it's just like ugh <laughs> you know it's just like why this time like why this time and why why so that's that's me my legs still have problems um, oh well, but uh, otherwise, I don't know. Are you guys riding at all right now? Eh, eh, eh. I'm gonna just make more noises in that general direction. Yeah. I'm I'm running. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, kick whoa, me, whoa, kick whoa, me off the up. podcast. <laughs> Wait a sec. What what are you? How did this happen? Who did this to you, Francis? Uh, I mean, I I kind of do this to myself every winter where. It's usually too cold to ride. It's too dark to ride outside. I loathe the idea of riding the trainer for an acceptable amount of time to get a workout in. And so I just kind of revert to, well, I could run for 45 minutes and get a lot more bang for my buck and then be done. 
And that kind of appeals to me known... for a month. And then, you know, as the weather starts to turn, I, I of course, gain my senses back. But I've so, known I've known I... runners who turn into bike racers who say that, like, no matter how, how much they train or how hard, you know, how good they get, that they never felt like fitter and faster and radder than when they were in good running shape. Yeah, running running is hard. I mean, it takes a lot of work. Running is really hard. And yeah. I, I feel like I'm just, you know, it sucks for 45 minutes, but I feel like I'm really getting work done. I'm really, like, accomplishing something, and then I can go home and stuff myself full of beer and not feel like I'm, a you know, a, a rolling around bouncing ball. Well, it, it feels like, it seems like there isn't, I mean, I know that there is base miles running, right? But I don't think it's this, it's not like base miles it's, with Yeah, it's, it's different, there. I think. Because it always, you're always pounding. The yeah, pavement, you're pounding the pavement, you know, and I whatever. and I guess like you know, you for like, you're when you're doing zone two for cycling, you're doing zone three and running and whatever. It's like you're always going harder. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Running. I did the last time I made a real effort at running. My bike got stolen like ten years ago, um, and I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I, I was planning to race for the first time the upcoming, oh, man, <laughs> so long ago. I was like, I'm going to race next season. And then that fall, my bike got stolen, and I had no money for another bike. I was like, well, I guess I'll run. And I ran, I did, I was like, I'll go run three miles. And I went and ran three miles, and it was a terrible, like, <laughs> terrible soul-sucking experience. <laughs> do as well, we say, uh, not as we do. I mean, I couldn't walk for like three days. Yep, this is this afterwards. is the problem. I was don't go, don't go, don't be like, well, I'm reasonably fit for riding my bike, so I can go and run three to five miles. You will destroy. No, nope, it's yourself. totally different. I do this every time I start running, and I mean, I've only been running yeah. for like a week, but the first time I do it, I always overdo it, and I actually did some stretching this time, and it helped. But usually, I hobble around like someone has smashed my legs with a hammer for a week. This is yeah. this is my experience, and then I'm like, I'm not gonna. I, I remember the pain, and I declare my intention not to run like ever again. And so I run like once every eight years. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I this is also this was when I was young too. I was I was 22. I mean, not that I'm old, but you know what I mean. I was 22 and I was destroyed. If I tried to do that now, I think my I think like literally just parts of my body would come off like Mr. Potato Head style. <laughs> It'd be like, nope, done. <laughs> I'm just like I quit, <laughs> and my my leg, my legs would just go like pop and fall off at the hip, and I would hang like in midair for a comic beat, like a cartoon character, and then I would fall to the ground. <laughs> You'd keep on going for a couple steps before you realize that you yeah. have no legs. I'd be like, oh no, wait, my legs are gone. Thud. Yeah, it'd be bad. <laughs> you probably should do some running though, because apparently it's good for bone density or whatever. Um, or just lift weights. Man. Lifting weights is good for bone density too. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to do some of that core stuff. Hmm. Hey, Francis, are you doing like core exercises and whatever? I aspire to do core exercises. <laughs> I think about it. I feel guilty about it, but no, the answer is no. <laughs> I do not do core apparently, exercises. Uh, apparently, my hip stabilizers are are really pathetic. I mean, other parts of my core are really bad, but like my hip stabilizers are especially bad. So it's like fine, and because I have nothing else to do, that's what I've been doing is like core and like some various arm work and push-ups, and it makes me cry. Yep, I think I think it makes my, everyone my, cry. My upper body situation is so dire. <laughs> I'm like trying to get, I'm trying to upgrade from like Mr. Potato Head to like dry pasta arms. <laughs> You know, like that's that's where I'm trying to get to, and I I guess like after like dry pasta, you can get to like you know cooked pasta where, um, sure, like it's still not strong or thick, but at least it's flexible. <laughs> I'm not sure what comes after that, like mighty oak. I don't know, but I, I've got to work my way up through the different the different kind of like arm strength grades. And right now, I think I'm, like, despite having been doing this for, like, a few weeks, I'm still on, like, total Mr. Potato Head level. Like, I just can't. <laughs> just, like, I go to do, I do, I do, like, 10 sets of 30, 30, yeah, right. 10 sets of, uh, three sets of 10, 
There we go. 30 push-ups. And I get to, like, the last set, I'm just like, I can't. I can't, I can't. I've actually fallen on my face. It's hard. Push-ups are hard. I've, I've been <laughs> doing so, them, too. They, they suck. They are the worst. And I'm like, what happened to me? Oh, well. What can you do? Several oh, push-ups, push-ups in the off-season, but that's it. No more. <laughs> but you're actually, you do, like, real weights. You, like, do your squats. Squats and deadlifts are awesome. I recommend them. Yeah, I do want to do at least some deadlifts. I, I again, again, it comes back to I would like my hip joint to function in a normal fashion first. Like, if I were to try and do, you know, like a pistol squat or like a single leg squat? Mm-hmm. I can do I can do one on my right leg fine. If I try and do that on my left le- left leg right now, like I get down and then I I, I would just fall over because my hip muscles are like no. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But I'm gonna figure out what's wrong with me and I'm gonna get it fixed and um, all will be well. I believe in you, man. 2017 is your year. Yeah, it's totally gonna be my year. And it's if- all right. If you get to be feeling down, just go on Instagram and look up videos of golden retrievers. Yes. Good idea. Good idea. So, just do that. Good idea. All right, well, I don't know. We done? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I definitely I definitely did get into my emergency whiskey. Good show, team. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. I finished my boom sauce. Um. Oh, ooh, boom sauce. That's some heavy, heavy-duty it's good stuff. Good stuff. That stuff, that comes in the 16-ounce can. That comes in the oh, tall yeah. boy. Oh, yeah, it's the pint. <laughs> uh, I definitely go, I definitely make it. That can sometimes be a deciding factor for me. Like, oh, this comes in a 16-ounce can. <laughs> like, done. Like, uh, uh, oh, gosh, there's like a Jack's Abbey. Sorry, people who aren't in Massachusetts. You can't buy Jack's Abbey, probably. But it's a great brewery, and they have this thing called House Lager, I want to say, and that comes in sixteen ounce cans, and it's great. And it's like whenever I see that, it's like, oh yes, give me the give me the tall boys, please. <laughs> what do you call what do you call the ones that are like the super huge Yingling cans, like the what is it, twenty four ounce Yingling cans? Twenty two. Once I had a wine glass that could fit a whole twenty two. Damn, it was great. Oh, we I had some. I got some wine glasses for Christmas once. Uh, I won't reveal from who, but it was a, it was a big laugh that you could literally put an entire bottle of wine in. <laughs> nice. It was like, mm. yeah, we don't have those anymore. That way lies trouble. So that was no good. Uh, but yeah, that, maybe they're big and tall. Maybe that's what they are. The big and tall boys. <laughs> the 24 <laughs> ounce. Big and tall boys. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's funny because whiskey. Um, all right, so all we right. should we should <laughs> before we sign off, we are coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network. The Wide Angle Podium Network is a podcast network of fine shows. Uh, it includes things like the Slow Ride Podcast, previously mentioned. Uh, check them out. Uh, they're you know also pretty silly. Uh, they're cool, like them. Uh, the Meyerson line, uh, I'm sure that he'll be coming out with something cool soon. Adam Meyerson doing that about once a month right now. He's had some pretty good interviews with, uh, like, Bobby Lee and, gosh, um, Phil Guyman lately. So that was cool. Uh, Consummate Athlete, Kids Don't Follow, uh, Crosshairs Radio is on the wide angle podium network these are all great shows and we would love it um if you would check them out uh look into supporting us go to wideanglepodium.com slash donate become a member uh it really helps us keep doing this we you know we've got uh donations coming in um we love it it makes us really happy um we're gonna figure out something something truly great to to do uh (laughs) with that money since we have microphones now but yeah, go check that out, wideanglepodium.com. And if you uh, if you like it, you know, consider consider becoming a member and donating and getting access to like exclusive content and access to warm fuzzy feelings, kind of deep down in like your belly. Um, and while you're you know, and all... while you're feeling charitable, uh, go onto iTunes and give us a good rating. And uh, don't forget to check out Health IQ um, for uh, for special rates 
on life insurance for uh, people with active and health conscious lifestyles. So healthiq.com slash honest bicycle. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, and of course, uh, blindersoptics.com. Is that right? That is correct. Go there too. index.html. Just, just dot com. Yeah. (laughs) Just dot com. (laughs) Yeah. And, and uh, check out blinders optics on Instagram. Is it, is it just blinders optics? All that stuff. Oh, yep. Blinders. Yep. At blinders optics, Instagram. Yeah. Check, check that out. Get some, you know, if you're like, what, if you're like, what do they look like on humans? There, yep. Or what do they look like on dogs? On a dog. <laughs> a lot of dogs. <laughs> yep. You can see what it looks like on a black lab, on a golden retriever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. These th- these things are really really cool, um, and they're like a really great price. So go check them out. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Honest Bicycle Program, and I've been Greg. I've been Francis. And this is Matteo. All right, signing off. We'll catch you next time, people. Stay golden. Stay Stay gold. gold. Uh.